0: food is a full-time job because we're always looking for new ways to nourish our
1: country and combat food waste and hunger. Every day we rescue quality surplus food across Australia and deliver it to those who'd otherwise go hungry. And you can help. Every dollar donated to OzHarvest can provide two meals to people in need. Visit ozharvest.org.
0: Thought for food.
2: You're at work in the crane moving large chunks of concrete. Your boss is trying to tell you something, but you just can't hear him. It's hard sometimes trying to get your message across when there's too much
3: noise. Community Radio is different. Sponsorship of Community Radio not only gets your product or service out there to the local community, it also supports a vital local voice for many. Plus, it's very cost-effective. For details on sponsorship with 89.7 FM, contact the station on 6244 3320.
1: This is a unique position right here. Go to
3: 897FM.com.au. This is 89.7 News.
0: National Radio News.
4: Good afternoon, I'm Laura DeVoy. The federal government has criticised social media giant Meta who will not renew commercial deals with Australian news media companies. Liam O'Connell reports.
2: The 2021 deals, which were due to expire this year, came after the federal government passed a law requiring tech giants to pay to display Australian news on their online platforms. In a statement, Meta says users were not going to Facebook for news and political content and its money was better spent elsewhere. Communications Minister Michelle Rowland and Assistant Treasurer Stephen Jones say Australian news publishers deserve fair compensation for the content they provide. They say the decision removes a significant source of revenue for those businesses. The government says it seeks advice from Treasury and the competition watchdog on its next steps.
4: Telstra says one person who tried to call triple zero this morning amid an outage has died. The Telstra service went down in multiple states including Victoria between 3.30 and 4.45 Eastern Daylight Time this morning. It meant Telstra was unable to automatically transfer the calls. The company says while most were able to be manually transferred 148 calls could not. CEO Vicky Brady says one of those calls involved a cardiac arrest.
5: And sadly that person subsequently passed away. Can I just first offer my deepest apology to the family of that person, and in fact to anyone who was impacted in those 90 minutes in the early hours of this morning, as they called triple zero.
4: Ms Brady says there will be a swift and thorough investigation with the findings to be publicly shared. The federal opposition has been criticised for its comments on the arrest of a former immigration detainee who was wrongly charged with sexual assault in Victoria. Noah second reports from Canberra.
3: Deputy opposition leader Susan Lee posted on X, formerly Twitter, that people should vote against Labor at the Dunkley by-election tomorrow if they don't want to see women attacked by foreign criminals. The Prime Minister says it's extraordinary the Deputy Leader of the Opposition has not removed the tweet after Victoria Police confirmed they charged a man who was not the alleged perpetrator of the crime referred to by Miss Lee. Doesn't worry about the facts doesn't worry about the reality. The tweet remains active and Independent Senator David Pocock says Miss Lee is sparking community fear for political gain. We have to call it out for what it is. It's fear-mongering and it's not helpful. It's not helpful for social cohesion. Noah second National Radio News, Canberra.
4: Queensland Fire and Emergency Services has been charged after an SES volunteer died in floodwaters more than two years ago. Meryl Dre was with three other volunteers in a car that was swept off a road en route to a flood rescue near Ipswich, west of Brisbane, in February 2022. The Office of the Work Health and Safety Prosecutor has confirmed a charge has been laid against QFES over Ms Dre's death. The matter will be heard in court later this month. Turning to sport, Sam Kerr's father has ruled the Matildas captain out of the Olympic Games. Kerr suffered an ACL injury earlier this year while in a mid-season camp with clubside Chelsea. Despite needing a lengthy period of rehabilitation, Football Australia has not officially ruled Kerr out of the Olympics to be held in Paris in July and August. But her dad, Roger Kerr, today told the ABC his daughter is definitely out of the Games, but he still hopes Australia can pick up a medal. The Matildas officially qualified. For the Olympics on Wednesday, when they beat Uzbekistan 10 0.
0: National Radio News, produced by Charles Sturt University, the community radio network, and supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. Well good afternoon and welcome to uh, The Travel Show here on 89.7 FM Thanks for your company this afternoon It's now five minutes past twelve And The Travel Show comes to you once a month on the first Friday of the month And we try and find interesting guests to come on to talk about their attractions all over WA And today we're lucky enough to have in the studio uh, Jenny Lewis Welcome to the show Jenny
1: Thank you very much Rhonda
0: And uh, Jenny actually is part of the Kalamunda History Village which isn't far out of Perth, just up in the Perth Hills. And Jenny, just tell us a little bit about your background first. How long have you worked for the society?
1: Uh, I joined in 1982 when my youngest daughter went to school. So I thought this is an opportunity to do something that I love. Um, and that's how I came to be involved with the village, but also through my mother whose family came up there before this First World War. And um, she had a very strong connection, so I sort of followed her in that sense as well.
0: Oh, how lovely. And, of course, it's all volunteers um, in your village up there, isn't it, and your
1: society? It is, yes. yes. We, well, in, not entirely. We have hundred, about 170 volunteers. That's amazing. And um, of that number, probably s- roughly 70 are uh, active. But we also have some employed staff to run our education program, which is quite a large program, and they are employed through the city of Kalamunda, and we work together. And you live up in Calamunda yourself or up in the hills? I do. Um in fact I've just moved house, so from one from one suburb up there to another. Oh well wow. um, but you've always but been up in the hills. Always been in the hills, yes. yes. So Calamunda, Lesmurdy, Carmel and now Gooseberry Hills. So Oh
0: wow. Yeah. So um the organisation, the Calamunda History Village, uh, that's a separate identity to the society,
1: isn't it? Okay. How it works is um the society was formed in nineteen sixty nine. And uh, those interested people at the time wanted to have a museum. And so uh, the site of the old Kalamunda railway station became available, belonged to the city of, or then the shire of Kalamunda. And so that was where the museum began. And that was opened a couple of years later in 1971. So it's always been a situation where the local authority owns the land, owns the buildings... Uh, but the society manages it on behalf of the of the, um, of the the city.
0: Sounds good cooperation mm. between the two of yeah, you. it is. Yes. Yeah, it works well. And uh, what other work did you do before going on to
1: the ah, society? Well, I, I was a teacher.
0: Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Perfect for the old school's house.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I taught, I taught primary, secondary, and then my final career path was at Central TAFE teaching ESL. To adults, which was the most rewarding job ever. Oh, great. But my, my qualifications at UWA were history, so I've always been a history person.
0: And so what is your actual, what sort of work do you do there? Uh, well, I'm the actually village? the president
1: of the society. Wow,
0: going right to the top today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, so my main role, well, we have an executive group of, of 12 or 13, so we have meetings once a month. Then we have general meetings where we have interesting speakers uh, to come and talk about all sorts of things. So I'm, I'm sort of a, a little bit in the admin side of it now. Um, if, uh, I was president many years ago and now I've sort of got the job again. Um, in the interim, I did quite a lot of work on displays and collections, but I don't do so much now because i too busy with the other... Sure. Duties.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so if anyone wanted to volunteer, are you still accepting people up there to come and work? Oh, sure, we are, yeah. yeah so what sure. sort of work would um, they have a variety um, of doing there? Yeah, well, there's um,
1: there's all the outside work, which is the maintenance, you know, minor maintenance yes. work. Uh, raking leaves, which is a big thing in the hills. <laughs> um, so, And then any kind of minor um, carpentry-type jobs that need to be done. So there's all that sort of side of it. Then there's... People looking after each one of the buildings like custodians who just make sure things look good and clean and they do sort of a a lot of that kind of work to place to make the place look good Uh, then there's the whole crew of admissions um sorry accessions rather uh, and they look at all the objects that people might donate to us and decide whether we want them and then we accession them uh so there's all of those um there's the Roster Sunday roster, which the volunteers do, during the week we've got the staff, as I mentioned, but on Sundays um, we have to find five people every Sunday to go on roster to open the museum and Sturt Cottage. Right. So there's all of that group as well. Yes. So there's, there's quite a, a lot of things, you know, to do mm. that are um, sort of call upon people's skills. Yes. You get a lot of fellas who just want to come and, you know, do painting or do repair work or that kind of thing.
0: That's nice with um, country towns and uh, suburbs, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone likes to join in for the benefit of that area. that's right. So if your people aren't familiar with uh, Kalamunda, tell us a little bit about the actual place uh, and some of the uh, attractions that can be seen there.
1: Okay. Well, Kalamunda... um, Kalamunda's got its town site name in about 1903. Before that, the whole area was known as Gooseberry Hill. Then some... um, they had a meeting, the pioneers of the day, and said, we need a name for this place. So they consulted Bishop Salvado's Book of Aboriginal Words and came up with Kala, Home, and Munda, Forests, Home in the Forest. So that's how it got its name, Kalamunda. Um, the suburbs around it are Lesmurdy, Gooseby Hill, Pickering Brook. Um, Carmel, did I say that one? Uh, and then the foothills We've got High Wycombe and Forestfield And Maida and Wattle Grove So you've got the foothills plus up the hill um, is was developed really through the timber or All of that area through the Jarra timber The train was built for that in 1891 Up the zigzag and run out to Canning mills Carding loads and loads of Jarra timber uh, Which went all over the world uh, so and down two ports that
0: Frio was uh, it?
1: Yeah to Frio. Um, the initial timber it was very primitive in the sense that they took it down the hill towards um, Kenwick and then on the river but it was problematic and it didn't work very well. So when the railway was then built from Midland up through there that made all the difference in the world to the timber. So it was firstly timber then you had orchards, the orchard industry came next We had some minor industries like quarrying, and then we had a female industry, which was guest houses. There were many guest houses in the hills in the 20s and 30s, right up to the Second World War, (coughs) really. So they, um, they were sort of, have I missed anything, timber, orchards, quarrying... Guest houses. Um, we
0: did have um, Araluen come on to the show, the lady who runs Araluen there, and of course that had lots of history too, and that's up in the hills as well, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. Mm. So, um, so besides that, there's Araluen to see. There is. And uh, you talked about the zigzag. Tell mm. us about
1: that. Well, the zigzag railway, as I said, was built in 1891, and the train zigzagged up the hill <laughs> Could have been a slow run. And then to Kalamunda. My mother went to school on the train, to high school, and it was a two-hour journey. We started early. It was two hours, I think seven till nine or something. And coming home, the train left at five, so they didn't get home till seven o'clock. So it was a long, long day. That was to go to Perth Boys or Perth Girls or, you know, those sort Mm. of high schools, because there was no high school in Kalamunda. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, uh, it's it's such a shame that it was closed. It closed in 1949 because the buses were just so much quicker. Oh. You know, the buses really took over.
0: Is there much left of the lines anywhere?
1: Um, in parts. The zigzag itself, uh, you can drive down. It's a famous road, isn't yeah, it? It's beautiful views going down cyclists there. Cyclists love it. Um, but as you go through the bush um, at the back of South Kalamunda and into um i think there's thickly. remains of it in you john forest it. isn't so there yeah.
0: and the john forest is a nice walk that goes through one of the railway tunnels so yeah that that's was a part different of it. line ah, well, I'm, part of zigzag, I'm glad that, that one. there's some lines still yeah um, and there's lots there. of
1: walking people do lots of walking along the bits that are still there which which you, you know you can follow it yes um so i think in our in more recent times um we have all the wineries that have opened up in our area, cideries. Um, so they're the attractions. We have the Sunday markets every Sunday morning. We have they're famous, the general, aren't they? Yeah, the general markets every first sun- Saturday of the month. Um, Sturk Park is pretty well known as a recreational place. What else have we got? The falls. Um, what falls are they? The, there's Moody Falls, yes. which are... A, not at this time of the year. <laughs> and, of
0: course, there's that
1: little Noble Falls. That's not very yeah. big, but that's still a, yeah, a that's famous still place, isn't it? Um, Rocky Pool, and then it's not far through to Mundaring, of course. So, there's uh, yeah, there's quite a few things to see and do up there. There's It's kind of a little bit of uh, history going in a circle in the sense that there are Airbnbs up there now, um, not as many as the old guest house days because people require lots more facilities now than they did yeah, then. Yeah,
0: well, the Mundeering Way is popular up there too, yeah, isn't that's it? that's right. Yeah, um, the old historic hotel there. Yes, that's a nice they day they love the old
1: hotel. Mm. The, the, there's two, actually, it's two, two yes. hotels together.
0: And then the Parkerville, um, that's not far away, you, in the middle yeah, of the forest. Yeah, so you much you to go see up there, really, isn't there?
1: There is, yeah, and it's become... It's uh, much more... Much more popular, I think, for Sundays, drives and things like that. Oh, now there's still the Mount Helena Tavern too, isn't there? Yeah, they're all a little bit further on from mm. us. But, um, yeah, I mean, once you get up into the hills, there's, there's a bit to do, a bit to see. Yeah, Chidlow,
0: yeah. gosh, it's, it's such a big area up there really, isn't yeah. it? The yeah. Kalimunda, the Kalamunda,
1: the city of Kalamunda is... Um, As I mentioned the suburbs to you before, the ones you've mentioned are probably the city of Swan or Mundaring, Mm. uh, the town of Mundaring, yeah.
0: Um, I sort of classify that as all hills areas, heading up the hill, yeah. Yeah. Um, The hours of operation, and and does the the village open on public holidays?
1: Yes, it does. Wow. Um, And we're open uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10 to 3. Thursdays in the afternoon, but Thursday morning we have a volunteer morning so that if trucks and things like that are coming into the village, there's no visitors in there on Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Saturday it's open from uh, 9 till 4, and Sunday from 10 till 4. So it's open lots. Really. Okay. Open uh, just lot. Christmas Day, I suppose, is the uh, only day. Yeah, we have a little break over the Christmas New Year period. All right. Um, which is, you don't get many visitors anyway then. So, yeah, the rest of the year, we're uh, there. Is there
0: a website people can go to? Yeah, there is. Yes. and
1: Districts Historical Societies. If you type that one in, you'll get the website. And, and that'll
0: then. tell you all the days that and It'll tell you the
1: days. That will give you a history, little history lesson. Um, what the so interactive: program's like. Yeah, wow. all of those sorts of things are on the website. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And
0: then a phone number they can ring up and yeah, speak to somebody. Number
1: and as, as you go through the Zigzag Visitor Centre, that's where you pay the money and then you walk out of that and then through the main gates into That's the That's a good point to let people
0: know because yeah. it's quite a big area. It is. And it's got, uh, I've been up there, and yeah. um, it's got the um, fencing that you can see through, um, but you can't get through that. You've yeah. actually got to go in through this exact centre. You do. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's, um, it's always been a little problematic about how to get yeah, it? You can't in scale the bit. fences. Yes, <laughs> we have another, we do have a number of other gates, but they're not all <laughs> also, they're not all open. Yeah, no. sure.
0: And do you remember the cost to get in?
1: Yes, it's eleven dollars for adults, seven for concession, and five for children. Pre-school children is is free. Yes, yeah, oh, and then the, the education program. The costs are a little bit different because sure. they're guided tours where there are lots of activities and yes so they have three separate programs one for the younger children one for the middle primary and one for the upper primary oh sure yeah so that's the cost there I can tell you those if you want yeah sure
0: yeah. we'll get on to that later We yeah, are um, wheelchair friendly
1: yes w- although we have all these very old buildings um, we have got ramps to them so the answer to that pretty much is yes we yeah That's good,
0: and a lot of people want to take their dogs everywhere these days. No, no. don't have dogs except assistance dogs, obviously. No, no skateboards, nothing like that, because it's a lot of stuff that's quite old and could be easily damaged. I guess. Oh yeah,
1: I mean it's not a it's not a theme park, you know. It actually is a museum with a lot of very valuable and interesting artifacts. So Mm. we have to always be aware of that. You know, it's it's a. um,
0: One thing I must compliment you on is when I walked in there. And had look around. It was so clean. It was not a skeerick of dust, rubbish. Everything had looked like it had just been polished. Now, for a museum that's old, you expect to see cobwebs, etc. Nothing like that. So your staff do an excellent
1: job. I'll I'll pass that on to mm. the volunteers, Rhonda, because they they do all that. Yes, you know, all the dusting and vacuuming and um, pristine. I would and, call it. Yeah, that's yes. good to hear.
0: And uh, if people had donations, I guess you get people donating things. That's still accepting?
1: Yes, yeah? well, it is, but we... Um, You're pretty full. We're pretty full. We have a huge store at the other end of the museum, which is also full, you know, a compactus and two storerooms. So we have to be a bit more selective now about what people offer us. We, The way you sort of look at it is, does it have provenance to Kalamunda or the Kalamunda yes. districts? did it was it used here you know did it belong to a family here those sorts of things are the questions we particularly ask um and the other side is if they someone offers us something that we would really want even if it doesn't have provenance we'll say yeah, we've wanted one of those for a long, long time, oh. so we've, we'd probably accept it. But it, it's, it's a dilemma. Have you brought really. things before that you've really wanted? Uh, not exactly bought, but we've had um, association with other museums that have given us on, on, a, on different kinds of Online basis. Yes, yeah, sort of like that. But probably on a loan that will never be redeemed, if you know what I mean. Yes, (laughs) yes. Those kinds of things.
0: Oh, well, look, it's 20 past already. Goodness, time flies. Um, We've just got to go to a short break uh, and then we'll play a song. Um, to do with the topic we're talking about today so we're going to play uh, golden years because uh, we're talking about uh, a historical village up in kalamunda so i thought this would be uh, quite a good uh, song to play by david bowie and then of course we'll be back again shortly jenny and i to continue talking about some history up in the hills of perth here in kalamunda thanks for your company now it's 1221 at this time are you looking for a gift for that special person in your life? Maybe for an anniversary, a loyal
3: employee, or a birthday or graduation. Whatever the reason, station sponsor Grazie Gifts have a massive range of gift basket and hamper options to suit all occasions. So, to choose the right gift for that special person
2: and order online, visit grazie.com.au. That's
3: g-r-a-z-i-e.com.au. Do you own a business? Are you listening to this ad right now? Well, we could put your business right here and it's cheaper than you might think. For more information, go to 897fm.com.au and contact sales. The Community File. Just an hour a week can make a difference in a young person's life. Become an EdConnect volunteer and work with students to support their academic potential and emotional well-being in school and in life. EdConnect values connection within the community and when you become a volunteer, you become part of the EdConnect family, working together to help students thrive. For further information, please call 944 4 8 or go to their website at www.edconnectaustralia.org.au.
4: Proudly brought to you by 89 7FM
3: we
5: Shadows in these golden years. Is my baby lost at all? Once I'm begging you, stay for little golden soon. years. Go, Go, don't let me hear you say life's taking you.
0: Welcome back to The Travel Show here on 89.7 FM. My name's Rhonda. Thank you very much for your company. The Travel Show comes to you once a month on the first Friday, and that is today. And we have Jenny Lewis popped in today. Thank you much for coming up the hill or down the hill to see us today, Jenny. That's and your okay. husband dropped you off. That was nice of you both to pop on down. Um, Jenny works at the Calamunda History Village and is part of the Historical Society there. Um, as I say, I've been and had a look there. So if any of you want a, a really nice day, pop up there and have a look. They give you some brochures at the front, which is a little map of the area. Now, Jenny, it's huge. It's got uh, like 19 buildings in there. And some of the buildings we'll start talking about. The one that I found very interesting was the old schoolhouse. That was from 1905, and I can't believe it was working until 1970. That's not long ago.
1: That is not long ago. No. That's so true.
0: And that is the original building.
1: Well, yes, the original. Take one step back. The school was in a different location when it first opened. Not that building, but a tiny little uh, weatherboard building. Soon it moved to its current location and that's where those buildings at the museum first were. They were moved from that location in Heath Road. Right, it's in pretty good order. Very good order. Two rooms um, and... A number of visitors that we have say I went to school in these rooms so wow. you get lots of that kind of uh, yes that'll bring back memories for them yeah that's for well, sure well as you
0: walk in you've got the outside area with the hooks where they used to hang their school bags etc that's right and then you walk into the main room and it's got the old wooden desks
1: it has the very old wooden desks yes. the ones that um were uh opened up so that they didn't have a container. You just open them up and you put your reading book on, on the edge so that you could do your reading and then you drop the, the top down for your writing. And So we've got a um, really a classroom of those, which is pretty good to have them because they're very old. Uh, and then in the other schoolroom, we have a sort of cameo-type display of what you can see in Kalamunda. So you've got a little bit about social life, a little bit about migrants, a little bit about weddings, a little bit, a bit about sport... Um, ...so that you get a little taster before you actually go into the rest of the museum. And it says here
0: that a lot of the buildings, are dating from 1903 to 1927, are listed by the National
1: Trust. Well, they are. Some of them are. Yes, they are. That's great. Um, but the most important buildings there are the two-station buildings, because they are in situ. There's the, the very small one, which was the early one, uh, which has got sort of like a bullnose-type structure... But the big one uh, was built in nineteen twenty seven and that you can see that reflected in other country towns. They built the same kind of mm. building, so those two are the most important because that's where they actually were. The others have been brought to the site. did you go to that school i did not i ah. went to um have you heard of St. bridges in lesmurdies no it's a big um Primary, secondary school. I Catholic think I've school. driven past it yeah. and seen it. Very so nice. I spent my twelve years there.
0: <laughs> you were, were telling us that sometimes you have uh, schools come in. You have old-fashioned school lessons. They're very popular, and school holiday programs are booked out pretty quickly. And some people like to dress up, in the old costumes of the day. They
1: do, and uh, often the schools get their kids to dress up, which always looks great. Uh, and some of the volunteers who do the school programs and the and the staff actually dress up and um, they do get some strange comments from the kids about do you really live here and do you wear those clothes all the time and you know that sort of thing yeah (laughs) and they when they go into one of the small buildings um, they turn all the lights off and they just have a candle they light a, a candle so the kids can see what what it was actually like at night to live in one of these buildings this is the sort of light that you had you know that Those sorts of things are just what make it fascinating. The contrast, you know, of their lives with, and they often say, "Where did everyone fit? Where's their bedroom? Didn't they have a double? You know, all these kids have got double beds now, so all of that is such a difference to what things are." And
0: the school programs. What do you do in the school programs? You have jigsaw puzzles and.
1: Um, Well, with the school program, they have a they have a, a. Different kind of activities session for different children like the years one and two and then they're three and four and then five and six. So you can see that it would be adjusted according to their needs and abilities. So they um they they play old fashioned toys and games, they sit in the schoolroom, they um make peg dolls, they um <laughs> a hopscotch maybe. They do hopscotch, they yeah. do um a school lesson like you said they go into the little cottages to see how people lived they go into the orchard shed to see what the story of the orchard was we have a big fruit grader there and the kids can bring a piece of fruit an orange or something and they put it into the grader and they watch it come out to the size that it should be before the packing a lot of that sort of activity, interactive yeah yes which is which is what good.
0: fascinated me was up on the wall was a a little plaque that said, Rules for Teachers from 1872. And I'm going to have to read it out because it's just <laughs> hilarious thinking about today. Teachers each day, as you said, will fill the lamps, trim the wicks and clean the chimneys. They get all the dirty jobs, don't they? Number two, each morning the teacher will bring a bucket of water and a scuttle of coal for the day's sessions. Hard work. They really work for their money, didn't they? Number three, make sure your pens are cleaned. You may have to whittle the nibs of the pencils to the individual taste of the pupils. I think they're going to have to get there at five in the morning to do all this. Number four, men teachers may take one evening per week for courting purposes or two evenings a week if they attend church regularly. It's quite strict, wasn't it? Number five, after 10 hours in school, God, it'd be a boycott now, the teachers may spend the remaining time reading the Bible or any other good books. Number six, women teachers who marry or engage in unseemly conduct will be dismissed. Number seven, each teacher should lay aside from each pay a goodly sum of their earnings for their benefit during their declining years so they will not become a burden on society. Number eight, any teacher who smokes, uses liquor in any form, frequents pool or public halls or gets shaved in a barber shop, will give good reason to suspect his worth, intention, integrity and honesty and number nine, the teacher who performs his labour faithfully, without fault for five years, will be given an increase of twenty five pence per week in his pay, providing the Board of Education approves.
1: What year was that?
0: Wow, eighteen seventy two. You even have to ask permission to go on a date. I know. Not well, allowed to I drink,
1: mean, not allowed to smoke. My goodness. Things Things obviously did change, um, but the one, you know, about women marrying yes. lasted right up until the 1960s, I think, that if you married, you had to resign. But that wasn't wow. just teaching, that was the public service generally. Unbelievable. Yeah, so I'm, I make sure I tell my daughters these sorts of things <laughs> so they realise how fortunate... <laughs> They
0: are. Oh, dear. And when you're wandering around, I see that you have a lovely uh, veggie herb garden there. Who maintains that? Your your volunteers? Yes,
1: they do. We've got – it's nice to tell you that we have a couple of – about three, actually, quite young volunteers, like um, 18, 17, 18, 19, that sort of age group. So um, they got the gardens going, the veggie gardens, with a bit of help from one of our guru gardeners, so – um, that that's been a nice you know nice addition. Yes. And we've you know when I'm on roster there, I, if there's carrots growing, I little kids come in, I say, do you want to come and pull some carrots? Oh yes, you know. So so they might learn actually where a carrot comes from. I don't know.
0: Well, there's a uh, a famous family in that area, the McCulloch family, and they have uh, a house there, don't they?
1: Yes, that's our oldest cottage there, the McCulloch family. Uh, the, the little house was just actually in situ over the road from where we are, so it didn't have to be brought very far. Um, but Mrs. McCulloch was the first non-official postmistress, so the little room at the side was where people came and collected their mail. Um, mm. Sad story about that. There was a a little telephone exchange with not many subscribers, but during the First World War, one of their sons was um, overseas and the daughter of the family took the phone call, which was a telegram probably, to say that the son had lost his life. So, you know, that was just really bringing it home to... Here's the little post office. Here's where we live, and this is how we found out, you know, that our son had been killed in the First World War. Mm. So, yeah, so lots of stories like bringing that, up I her think.
0: family and then working in the post office yeah. next door as I well. I mean, it
1: was not an onerous thing in the post; just people came to the window and said, "Where's my mail?" Oh. It wasn't, a, you know, she probably sold some stamps and things. Yes, but, but I should tell you that the f- the first official post in the museum is the first official post office building which you probably saw. Mm. Um, and the, when that was built in 1921, the first manager, let me use that word, was actually a woman. She was the, an official postmistress. There were very few women who were postmasters throughout anywhere in Australia. So she, um, she was actually appointed to Kalamunda as the first official postmistress. And one of the highlights of her time there was um, there's an old house in Lesmurdy, a beautiful old home, in which the queen, the past queen, her parents stayed in that house um, when they came to Australia in the 1920s. And Miss Chambers, who was this postmistress, she had to make sure that communications were kept open because, you know, when a royal family is away from the uk they need to be able to be in touch with what's happening is so that house still around that has, house is still around it's called les Murty house but it's now owned by st bridget's uh and because that kind of it's quite a long story how all that came about but it's all kind of come back together now the les Murty house the st bridget's old building and then the new buildings around it so wow, it's interesting lovely. complex
0: uh, they were saying inside the house, this is going back in time uh the the stove, the McCulloch family placed their stove um, outside firstly right. to keep the house cool, and the fire burnt all day every day, and secondly, they had the stove outside because the Australian bush had the threat of fires,
1: yes, yeah, yeah it was a number of the old homes had the the um sort of kitchen, if you like to call it that. Outside the stove and what have you yeah, uh, for those reasons and
0: it said uh, for hot water heating um, the water would be on a wood burning stove and that was the only way to heat water so even on a hot summer's day you needed to have your fire going water was carted in buckets from the rain tank it was hard work wasn't well, it, was. it
1: they didn't need to go to the gym No. They had plenty. (laughs) The washing alone was hard enough.
0: And ironing, you've got to laugh because a lot of younger generation don't iron these days, but in those days, ironing was a big thing. It was a chore that had to be done near the stove as the irons were heated on the stove. Most people had two irons and needed a cloth to wrap around the handle and another cloth to wipe the base of the iron that you took off the stove because the last thing you wanted was the food or the ash from the stove to mark your laundry.
1: That's right. And for the school program, we have uh, old-fashioned washing experience and ironing. Obviously, they don't heat the irons, but they um, they have several irons, the heavy ones, that the children can lift up and feel and see this is how you did it, you know.
0: My grandmother had one of those. I still remember it. It was very, very heavy.
1: Yeah. Mrs Potts irons, they were called, weren't wow, they? Wow, yeah.
0: So. And you've got a few of those on display, haven't we you? We have.
1: At the moment, we've got a – in in the old post office building, we have an area for temporary displays, and we've the one at the moment is the old irons and wow. washing. um uh, ironing and washing sort of you know because uh, I said to my artifacts.
0: daughter something about iron she goes oh mum I don't iron <laughs> oh okay so it seems to be sort of going out of fashion doesn't it? I think so <laughs> and for food storage it said that uh, the food was you um, sometimes jam tins filled with water underneath the feet of the safe to keep the ants out and the food safe was a wire mesh box that hung from the ceiling to keep ants and fleas and flies out of the food yep. too bad if you're short
1: yes so true. <laughs>
0: How did you reach up and get that? And uh washing the dishes, uh they had soap homemade from animal fat and ash it was a bit harsh on the skin. Well you had to do what you had to do, didn't you? It Made did. your own soap and everything.
1: Yeah, you did.
0: And the four McCulloch boys slept outside in two beds, but the two girls were allowed inside. And if it was cold on a cold and frosty calamander morning, uh, the boys took to pitching a tent in the backyard and sleeping under the stars. And, uh,
1: such a different world. Oh, it was a different world. And I mentioned to you about the guest houses. I mean, a lot of a lot of the people who came up, the fellas, slept on the verandas. You know, I mean, the the visitors, they didn't expect, well, anything like what we expect today. Women would have stayed inside, but like those McCullough boys, you know, that slept on the verandas. Mm. It was quite common. Yes. I think all over the place, you know, in in Western Australia, in, yeah, in the bush areas.
0: Yeah, I wonder yeah. if young people are listening to this and laughing to themselves. <laughs> they would probably do it as a bit of a, you know, a holiday thing, one or two nights, but I think the novelty would wear off.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so.
0: Well, it's uh, 12.40 now, time for another break, unfortunately, here on The Travel Show on eighty nine seven FM. We'll have a short break and then we'll play a song by Cat Stevens' Old School Yards. We've been talking about the old school buildings up at uh, the Kalamunda History Village. And then uh, Jenny and I will be back again shortly. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. We'll be back again.
2: If you marked an X on the map of Perth for every investment property managed by Exceed Property Management, there'd be so many X's you'd be hard pressed to read the map. That's because station sponsor Exceed Real Estate are one of Perth's largest and most successful property managers. Exceed delivers exceptional service, excellent performance, and extraordinary reliability. In property management, X means Exceed Real Estate. Life is better with Exceed.
3: The City of Wanneroo, corporate sponsor, proudly supporting 897FM. Eligible City of Wanneroo homeowners can now apply for up to $500 to subsidise a new home CCTV system. Applications for the CCTV rebate scheme are open until the 28th of February. Head to wanneroo.wa.gov.au
0: CCTV rebate scheme.
4: Proudly brought to you by 897FM.
3: You're at work in the crane, moving large chunks of concrete. Your boss
2: is trying to tell you something, but you just can't hear him. It's hard sometimes trying to get your message across
3: when there's too much noise. Community Radio is different. Sponsorship of Community Radio not only gets your product or service out there to the local community, it also supports a vital local voice for many. Plus, it's very cost-effective. For details on sponsorship with 89.7 FM, contact the station on 6244 3320.
2: And we had all kinds of things And we left and needed love Yes, I do Oh, and I remember you Remember the days of the old schoolyard We used to cry a lot Oh, don't you remember the days of the old schoolyard When we had simplicity I do
0: back to the Travel Show here on 89.7 FM. My name's Rhonda and I've got Jenny as my guest in today. Um, Jenny, I'm going to talk about some of the other buildings that are on site. Uh, you've got the railway station and the train, which is a G118, is it 118 locomotive. Was that donated to you?
1: Uh, well, that was actually bought by a very forward-thinking <laughs> um, CEO, or um, they didn't call them then CEOs, I don't think, of the, at the Shire of Calamunda. It became available um, long before the museum opened and was situated near the Calamunda Library for a, quite a number of years. And then when the, mus- the uh, museum opened, as I mentioned to you, in 1971, uh, it was logical to bring the train across to sit in front of the railway station where it is now. The G118 is uh, similar to the kind of loco that drew the um timber um what shall we say timber trucks yeah the timber trucks up the line from uh canning mills down to midland and vice versa up the zigzag so that was the sort of little engine we had um four of those engines just trying to think now that i'll get this right There were their names were coats um oh, i knew i'd forget that <laughs> uh Anyway, they had, they, there were four of them with names of men who were actually directors of the railway. They named Locos after them. So that was quite interesting. It is. So Apparently
0: my family, the Wilkie name, my surname, three Wilkie brothers, actually um, put the railway down in um, Kalgoorlie.
1: Oh, did they? Yes. Yeah.
0: Bit of history there. So yeah. yes, to name the… the um yeah trains after people that were working on it's a great idea
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. they were um directors you know they were important people <laughs> i saw
0: a picture you've got a picture there of the railway station in its glory with people waiting yes. on the platform yeah a real photo, photo. Yeah. it's lovely and
1: the the big room uh of the station building was actually the station master's office i always thought it was the waiting room the waiting room was a small little room at the end um when, when the museum first opened it was a bit like everything was put everywhere and then we had a master plan done in the 1990s to say bring the buildings back to what they were used for so we gutted that little waiting room found the bench seats still there with these little little marks in them little in the wood so what were the marks yes well They were made by boys and their pocket knives when they were sitting waiting for (laughs) the train. Waiting for the train, wow. And they were rediscovered when we took all the other sort of junk that was in there out of that building. But that was actually the waiting room. It was quite small. The big room, which is a lovely big room, was the um, station master's office. Fantastic. And then there was a little lobby at the other end. But they beautifully designed buildings, you've a got lot of those public buildings.
0: Out the back you've got this beautiful area with some horses that look real. You've got an old school bus. You've got yeah. some carriages. We've got an old,
1: um, we've got a uh, a purpose built shed for the the horse drawn uh, vehicles um, and those horses do make it much more, much more realistic um, and then we have another purpose built shed for the orchard display and that's where I mentioned the grading machine, and then the big building at the end there's another purpose built building for the vehicles so you 've got the bus where did you get the bus from? Is that well, a real local bus it's uh it's a bedford bus i uh, now I'm not exactly sure whether it was used on our line, but we have a member, our oldest member Pat hallahan, who's a bus man, through and through, and it was his own bus. He bought a bus wow, and he had it at his own place so he then he donated it to history village and it's painted in the same color as the old Calamunda buses were that was the deep red Maroni color so we're pretty fortunate to yes. have that and it goes it actually you can yeah they can still drive it
0: and then you've got a little dress up area where people can go and have their photos taken yeah, that's, or, yeah that's I've, I've that's, done
1: that that's, you've done that and that <laughs> building is the memorial building and we have on the walls there some lovely large jarrah boards with family names and dates of people who've lived in the district we set that up some years ago and people could fill in a form with the minimal details but date being particularly important, uh, pay $50 to get them done at, um, you know, where we had to get the, the little plaques made. Yes. And um, we've, yeah, filled up a lot of those. People are interested to have their family name It's a really up good there. idea. You've yeah. got a
0: blacksmith little area. Yeah,
1: we do. We have a blacksmith little, uh, created in what was a little um, garage that was next to one of the houses, a little shed garage. So that was made into the blacksmith shop and... That is very popular and in we're having, we have different functions and we're having an open day soon, but we always try to get a blacksmith, a working blacksmith on those days. Well, tell us
0: about your and, open day.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, that's on Sunday the 21st of April and it's from uh, 10 o'clock till 4 at the Kalamunda History Village. And entry that day is free. If you want to make a little gold coin donation, we're happy. But it's uh, one day a year when we can open up and don't charge people. So on that day, we've got the blacksmiths, um, we've got a plant stall, got an old-fashioned telephone display. We've got um, a new-to-you stall, children's activities, apple coring, um, a few other little activities for the kids. And we've got a coffee van coming and a food van coming, so there's plenty oh, you know to spend a few hours. There. And it's and up. music, we've got um, some musicians coming uh, between one and three, so it, yeah, and it's Some of your a members
0: will be dressing up.
1: Yes, some of them will. Some of them will. Not all <laughs> of them. Not me.
0: <laughs> I love this music thing. One of the cottages, you'll know which one it is. You walk into it, and on the right, you've got a beautiful room. Or um, decorated out in olden day stuff, and there 's a piano, and there 's a person that looks so lifelike playing, so as you walk in, it must trigger some sort of a sensor, and she starts playing the organ and piano. I thought it was real it 's amazing. I stood there and looked at it for a long time.
1: You are not alone, and as I mentioned to you before, um, we came on about the children being some of them being quite freaked out by the models we've got we 've got one. Uh, we've got one at, sitting at the old telephone exchange Yes, that looks real, that real too real. We've got the one you mentioned We've got the blacksmith And we've got a mum and daughter Sitting in the sulky behind one of the horses So there's a few of them and whoever did them did a great job, well, they came from Europe, they're wow, pretty pricey, but um yeah, they're very realistic, aren 't they? but to
0: get the fingers moving that's, and the piano yeah. working oh, yeah. with music coming out that's, that's, so you've done that's, such a great job up there, tech
1: man up there who yes,
0: did that. and yeah. you've got an area where you've got some old olden day things that I remember, like the old milk bottles and the milk crates, yes and the thing that I liked was the porcelain dolls, where the eyes moved
1: yes, I know <laughs> it's a bit freaky well. Yeah, I mean, dolls are interesting now, aren't they? Because a the few sort of horror-type movie things have been around with dolls not being very um, friendly creatures... Uh, and the kids have mentioned, a couple of kids have mentioned that about dolls. Yes. But, of course, my generation, dolls were just dolls, you know. Yes. We just had them and dressed them and played with them and yeah. all was well.
0: <laughs> well, I remember the porcelain dolls my grandmother used to have at her house. So, yeah, to, to see them all again certainly brings back memories.
1: It does, yeah. And you've
0: got a wonderful cottage just down the road called Sturt Cottage, and that was built in 1881, hand-built, by early settlers Frederick and Elizabeth Stirk and their nine children. Well, they had lots of helpers to help build the house, didn't they? <laughs> Eventually.
1: <laughs> they, um, they actually, that was the first house built in Kalamunda itself. We had other, you know, I mentioned Gooseberry Hill. Um, and yeah, uh, Fred Stirk, the husband, he worked down the hill in Midland, I think it was, or Guildford. Elizabeth, the wife, she did a lot of the building of the house, um, as well as having nine children. Uh, and I got—I don't know how they ever fitted in there. I don't know that they had all nine. They built another place further off. They had the no hill, TVs, did which, they? No, they did not. <laughs> the other house was called the Overflow House, appropriately. Um, but that Sturt Cottage was, is is right at the edge of what's now Sturt Park, which is a lovely park. Um, but that was part of their property, obviously. Um, and they grew, you know, what they needed there for. Um,
0: I see that they grew strawberries for yeah. sale. Yes, they did. End strawberry
1: growing orchard. was, strawberry growing was one of the very earliest crops up there. But then something nasty got into the strawberries, and that kind of faded away the growing of strawberries. Yeah, it said
0: they had grapevines and vegetables, yeah. and they had yeah. water from yeah. the creek on their land.
1: Yeah, they did. It's a lovely creek that goes through there. Later, that became the, what was called the dairy block. And there were there was a, a family there that ran a dairy there. And the cows used to wander up, you know, through <laughs> the streets. And it was so very laid back.
0: And uh, that is open on a Sunday for people to have yeah, a wander it through? Yeah,
1: um, Just in the afternoon. Uh, no, now it's open, I think, from 11 till 1. Think we're doing a little trial with the times, yeah. Just just on a Sunday, it's free entry to that one, so you can just. And it says
0: that, and you said she did most of this The first walls were an excellent example of wattle and daub technique, where clay mud was pressed into lattice sticks between the frames and smoothed, and you can see that some somewhere in there the cutout of the inner walls. That's correct. And then the walls were coated with lime wash. It's a lot of work.
1: Oh, it was all a lot of work, you know. It was and we talk about recycling and everything now they recycled everything in those days you know the the boxes that came with the carriage tins in them they were good bits of furniture you know wood to make furniture from we used out them from. yes they used them you know they used everything so it's kind of like you know when we talk to the kids a bit recycling oh yeah recycling but there was a lot of recycling done mm. in those days they had to they had nothing that's right really or and hand especially, me down clothes especially and here in Western Australia, so isolated, you yes. know, in terms of building materials and all of that kind of thing.
0: We ask um, our guests when they come in to tell us some funny stories, and you've got uh, a story you were going to tell me because your premises are so large. What happened one particular day? And you had one of your staff here because you have to get someone oh, to yes, check course, every single yeah, yes. building before you close, mm-hmm. all 19 buildings.
1: That's right. So <laughs> Make, um, sure, there's no make sure there's no one left behind. Make sure there's no one left behind. Mobile phones are probably an advantage now, though, aren't they? You can <laughs> ring. But yeah. on this occasion, one of the staff... The toilets we've got there are, are a new build, actually, uh, and um, she was doing the whole thing around, and I'll just need to go before I go home, you know, I'll go to the shops, I'll just go to the toilet. Well, she did... But one of the other staff members locked the toilets in the interim, so um, I think with a lot of um, shouting and whatever, they managed to. I was going to (laughs) say, how long was she in there? there. (laughs) But it was it was a bit of a wake up call for the rest of us to think. Actually, and I do now when I go there just before I leave, I think. I say to someone, I'm going, you know, make sure no one locks me in. <laughs> you go into every building <laughs> yeah. and you Anyone here? <laughs> yeah. I've done that up there. That's, that's yeah. true. Well, look, yeah. it's a
0: lovely place to go visit. So I hope this has made you enthusiastic to uh, pop up for a nice day drive up in the hills and uh, pop in and see Jenny. What days do you work there, Jenny?
1: I'm usually there on a Thursday morning or a Saturday morning, or okay. both, actually. Both yeah. mornings, yeah. The
0: Thursday morning it's um, closed for workers. Yeah, it? it is. Yes. But
1: yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah. but, but
0: look, it's a lovely place, not too expensive, and a, a beautiful day out. So I hope you've enjoyed my guest today, Jenny, on The Travel Show. And The Travel Show will be back again in another month. Thank you so much, Jen, for coming in today.
1: That's okay, pleasure.
0: <laughs> and uh, we'll see you again. Uh, Cambo's coming in for his show just after one o'clock. So please stay tuned to 89.7 FM. Have a great day. Catch you later. Bye for now.
3: Station sponsor. This is a must win game, and she's our star player. But if she's not performing at her peak,
0: we can't risk it. What do the stats say? Do you think she's match fit? Every single day, exercise and sports science graduates face situations that go beyond theory. That's why we teach our students to be creative thinkers. Because creative thinking can be your superpower. ECU, creative thinkers made here. Search ECU and apply now.
3: This is a station sponsor. At
2: John Hughes Cherry Printable Drive Wangarra, you get a brand new, beautifully styled Cherry Emoto 5 with leather sports seats, alloy wheels, keyless entry, rear dynamic view camera, wireless Apple CarPlay, Android Auto and smartphone charging, a massive interactive LCD, and plenty of active and passive safety features. Plus, you get a seven-year, unlimited kilometre new car warranty, roadside assist and cap price servicing, all from $31,490. Hurry, they're
3: selling fast.
5: JohnHughes.com.au DL6061
3: The Community File Writing for the Disabled Capricorn Group is a not-for-profit organisation that has been operating in Pinjar area for over 10 years. They service the needs of the wider community, offering therapeutic horse riding lessons to people of varying abilities. RDA Capricorn is desperate for more volunteers. You don't need to have any experience with horses, as they offer training and other roles that are not horse related, like gardening, cleaning, administration. There would be something for those handy people in the community. Lessons run Monday through Saturday, with the latter of which being their busiest day of the week. If you are 14 years or over and wish to have some horsey fun